can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hannah, I'm sure the same amount of people would have DM'd me that video of J-Lo that they did to you. It's so cringe. It's the most cringe thing I've ever seen on the internet. So I have a thing about weddings and doing performances at weddings. I cannot cope with it. I know that that's some people's jam. Maybe you do a dance or something, you sing, I don't know. I can't cope with it. I can't think of doing anything worse at my wedding than performing in front of people. That just makes my hair stand up. So basically the video, if you haven't seen it, J-Lo is serenading. I wouldn't call it serenading. I would say she's doing a mini concert for Ben Affleck at her wedding. With backup dancers and singers. With backup dancers. And I couldn't believe that someone had released it, but she's actually come out and said, there's an article on news.com.au, Jennifer Lopez's fury over wedding video leak, which you would be because it looks private to me. Looks very private. That was a concert for his eyes only. She was singing an unheard song, which featured the lyrics, can't get enough of you. But someone actually commented saying it sounded like, can't get up for you, I think someone said. Oh, okay. It sounded a bit, it didn't sound like can't get enough of you. And it was basically she wrote a comment saying, this was taken without permission, period. And whoever did it took advantage of our private moment. I don't know where you all are getting it from because we had NDAs and asked everyone not to share anything from our wedding. So basically someone has stolen it, she's saying, without our consent and sold it for money, even though they all had to sign NDAs. Who did it? Well, I mean, you can see the angle of where it's taken from, so you could probably narrow down. That's the case for the FBI. Yeah, and there was. I reckon they're going to find out who did it. I reckon they will too. (sighs) Did you hear as well that when she had the backup dancers and singers there, she found out that a couple of them were Virgos and she had them removed. She asked them to leave. What? Because they're Virgos. (laughs) I know. I'd only ever do that with a Gemini. No, that doesn't (laughs) sound right. No, I swear. I swear. Someone sent me an article. It was probably a TikTok. But <laughs> they're back on their second honeymoon, very low key. You can see him spoon feeding her food in Lake Como. Mm. Like, I swear, if it was me and I was JLo and Ben getting married, I'd be going to like a completely private island where no one could get to me and I could be spoon-fed in peace. Same, 100%. It is quite odd. But in saying that, like, you know, they are still people. So maybe they just have a favorite place that they like to travel to and that's their place they like to go. But if I was that famous and had people following me around constantly, I would be the same. I'd want to go somewhere completely private. No one can see me. No one knows I'm there. Yeah. I wouldn't want people... Taking photos. Did you see Ben on, on their first honeymoon? Yeah. Sleep with his mouth <laughs> yeah. open on a, like, I was like, <laughs> like, I would not, I'd want to be able to sleep with my out, mouth open, like, just without being photos mm. taken. Anyway, the saga of Ben and JLo continues. 
Yeah, well, they're bound by law now, so this is going to be interesting. I don't know if it – do you think it's going to last? Be honest. Ah, yes. Okay. I do. Do you? Uh, I'm not sure yet. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, I hope for their sake. (laughs) All right, Joe. what's on today's episode? So on today's episode, we are talking about how often you should change your toothbrush. Hannah, I know you've done a fair bit of research Mm -hmm. associated with that topic. Mm -hmm. And then we are discussing healthy habits and we're also doing our product we didn't know we needed. So today's cringy combo, we're talking about toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we've never done this topic before. Same. Yeah. So I had a few questions about toothbrushes and I actually didn't really know the answer to any of them. I'm surprised. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question first and then we're going to go into the answer. And I've also asked my um, Insta followers as well. So we, we've got mm-hmm. some interesting votes there. So Joe, how often do you change your toothbrush? Probably not often enough. Just whenever you feel like you need to? I would say probably maybe every four months. Okay. All right. That's actually not too bad. Or maybe six months, depending on how carried away oh, I get. Oh, that's not good. No oh. good. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Shit. Oh. <laughs> so Healthline says the manufacturer guidelines and dentist recommendations are that you replace your toothbrush every 12 to 16 weeks. But I did do a vote and we've got 4% said less than a month, oh. which I'm probably more around the one to two months, which was 30% of people yeah and 38% of people said more than three months that was a over a thousand votes said more than three months but then a really big proportion said I have no idea I don't count oh that's (laughs) over a year for sure Someone actually sent in a really interesting way to do it they said that they do it at the start of a new season that is perfect okay That's a great way to look at it. So like at the start of summer, start of spring, then you're like, okay, it's the first day of summer. And you always know that it's the first day, like, because everyone talks about it. So you can always have that reminder in your head, okay, I need to change Mm. my toothbrush. But another way that you, so basically there was an ABC article that had a really, I thought had a really good tip. The dentist that they spoke to, she said the general recommendation was every three months. But if you're not counting and you don't know when the season's starting, she said it just comes down to being really aware of the bristles. So when the bristles start to push out to the side and extend beyond the face of the toothbrush, it won't be as effective in cleanings. Yeah. If I walked into a man's bathroom (laughs) and I was staying there the night and his toothbrush looked like a splayed out toilet yeah, brush, yeah 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 I'd have to leave I would have to go home yeah so yeah I think that's actually a really good way so it actually research shows that your toothbrush becomes less effective when the bristles are damaged the other thing that I read was that you should be allowing your toothbrush to dry like in between uh, brushes so question though this is obviously assuming that we're all using manual toothbrushes what about a Electric toothbrush, like they're expensive, those heads. It's the same. Those heads every three months you should be changing. Yeah, every 12 weeks you should be planning to change the electronic toothbrush. How annoying. I use a manual one so it doesn't affect me. So do I. I feel like that's a very expensive exercise. The other thing is that if you have a viral 
or bacterial infections such as strep throat, you should definitely switch your old toothbrush for a new one. See, I would tend to change my toothbrush if I had been unwell. I would throw my toothbrush out. I thought that was quite a common thing to I do. change my toothbrush, I think, every one to two months, I would say. So I can actually push yeah. that out a bit. You've got very good oral hygiene. Oh, Hannah, I reckon, has the best oral hygiene of anyone <laughs> like, I know. I don't floss enough, but I do floss. You floss more than me. Just not every day. And she's just always got the whitest teeth and she'd always bring like a toothbrush and toothpaste to work. Yes, I did. I had it in my drawer. And she'd brush her teeth after she'd have lunch. Like it was really. Yeah, I'm a bit yeah. over the top. You are, yeah. But I like it. So the next question I thought, you know what, this cringy convo, like it would be over right now Mm. if all we did was how often you should change your toothbrush. Mm. So I had a few other questions. The next question was, have you ever shared, like have you been somewhere and you didn't have a toothbrush, have you ever shared your partner's toothbrush? Never. Never (laughs) in my life. I'd rather put just toothpaste (laughs) on my finger and use that because I would not want someone else. I know that you share bodily fluids as partners, but the toothbrush is just too far for me. Okay. So the votes were, uh, and I'll answer, I haven't done it probably in 10 years. Like I think it was something I did probably like if you were staying over at your boyfriend's house and you were like hungover. Just actually thinking about making me a little bit unwell. I I feel gross. I'm going to be honest. I've done it a couple of times and I'm not alone. The votes were quite interesting. So 1,400 people, that was almost 50% of the votes said no. Gold star for all of you voters. But 51% of people said yes, and that was split evenly between yes once and yes multiple times. So a lot of people are doing it. But the most interesting vote, I put this in as a bit of a joke. Yeah. (laughs) One of the voting options was yes, we only have one toothbrush. Can you guess how many people voted? Oh, my God, I don't think I want to. 30? (laughs) 63 <gasps> votes. <laughs> 63 people are sharing a toothbrush uh, yes. regularly with their partner. I don't know if they voted as a joke or if that's true, but anyway. Surely they're joking. Please <laughs> tell me they're joking. I don't oh. know about that. But there is another ABC article, Should You Share a Toothbrush with Your Partner Over Skipping a Night of Brushing? And I think dentists all agree, like, no, you shouldn't. Dr. Rita Track, I was speaking to her on Instagram about the topic as well because she saw I did the voting thing and she said, like, no, yeah. You shouldn't be sharing your toothbrush. But one of the questions on here, so I think overall, no, you shouldn't. But one of the questions which I thought was interesting in this article was, does all this mean that sharing a toothbrush is riskier than kissing? And the doctor in this article said probably not. Mm. She said that the reality is if you are kissing somebody, sharing their toothbrush is probably not a huge leap. If you live with someone, you are probably swapping those microorganisms anyway. Basically, toothbrush sharing isn't that much different to kissing according to this article. But if your partner catches a viral infection, the shared toothbrush may be responsible for the transmission of the virus to to you. Obviously. It's a better idea that you have your own toothbrush. It's low risk. I didn't think that was something we had to explain to people in 2022, but here we are. (laughs) But basically, like, if you're kissing someone, like, sharing the toothbrush isn't a massive leap. But definitely, like, don't share your toothbrush with other members of your family. And we've got some stories coming up, which were pretty funny. I won't be sharing my toothbrush with anybody, regardless of whether I'm kissing them or not. (laughs) Okay. All right. The next question was, how often do you brush your teeth? So everyone did really well on this. 
We did have 11% saying once a day. My boyfriend would break up with me if I did that because he will not come near me in the morning unless I brush my teeth. 83% said twice a day. How many do you do twice a day, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So three plus times a day, we had 6%. I'll sometimes do mine three a day if I'm going out somewhere. Like if I feel like I've just need to refresh myself before I go out for dinner or something, I'll brush my teeth again. Well, that's good because I probably do two to three times a day. And Dr. Rita Track, she's a cosmetic dentist on Instagram that I was chatting to. She said brush morning and night plus before going to the gym or going to a social event. Before going to the gym. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Maybe she went after the gym. Anyway, (laughs) I don't think you, but the only thing is like you shouldn't be over brushing your teeth because that can like, I think affect the enamel. Yes. And also gums as well. Do you use a soft, medium or hard toothbrush? Medium. Okay. I'm pretty sure you meant to use soft. That's what my dentist always tells me. Okay. Because I used to use a hard toothbrush always because my mum did and anything Linda does, I obviously do. Of course. And and then (laughs) both of us were told like you need to stop and you need to go to like a soft toothbrush. I just feel like a soft one doesn't clean my teeth. I think soft is the best because like for gums. See, I've been thinking about getting an electric toothbrush and I was in Aldi yesterday and they had some Oral-B ones on special and I was almost tempted to buy one because I hear they're apparently better. No, I would never use it. I just wouldn't. Why? Just I like to, I'm like a manual brush. Just what I like. Personal preference. Yeah, okay. I don't understand people that use electric toothbrushes. Apparently they are better for your teeth though. Yeah, possibly because probably because you're not using mm. so much force yeah. to brush. Yeah, and it's also because some people aren't brushing their teeth properly, so at least with a electric toothbrush, it's kind of doing it for you. The only thing was that I think I read somewhere that you should be brushing your th- teeth for two minutes. I definitely don't do two minutes, so I think I need to up that. Neither. But let's get to the fun part. We had, I just thought, Maybe people have some cringy. I remembered this Seinfeld episode where Jerry accidentally drops the toothbrush of the girl that's sleeping over into the toilet. Yes. And then he pulls yeah. it out and then he turns around and she's brushing her teeth with it. <sighs> so I thought I'd see if anyone had any good stories. You guys didn't disappoint. So <laughs> one girl says, thought the green toothbrush was mine until I took it on holiday. Turns out my brother thought the same thing. <laughs> So <gasps> they oh. obviously swapped toothbrushes. Yeah, uh. that's so easy to do in a multi-person household though. Yeah. So easy to do. We had a dental nurse write in and she said she had a patient that told them that she only brushed her teeth once a week. That's foul. Not good. Oh, no. I have worked in dental my whole working life. I had a guy tell me he hadn't brushed <laughs> He hadn't brushed his teeth since he was 20. Guess how old he was? 53. 78. Oh, how did he still have teeth? (laughs) It says his teeth were held in by calculus, not even in his jawbone anymore. Wow. So all the tartar and stuff had kept his teeth in. Yeah. Interesting. Disgusting. Okay, next one. You'll like this one because you like cats. Caught my cat chewing dad's toothbrush a few times (laughs) and I... (laughs) Wait, wait for it. And I stayed silent. (laughs) Okay. So that's good ones. I was at dinner with friends. At the next table, a guy pulls out a toothbrush and flosses and uses the toothbrush. No. At a dinner table. Sorry, go to the bathroom for that if you really need to. This is interesting. Couldn't brush my teeth without vomiting while pregnant. Oh, 
Yeah. People with like strong gag reflexes Ooh. as well would really struggle with brushing their teeth. Remember that guy on maths? I actually said this to my boyfriend the other day because he was brushing his teeth in front of me and I was like, you remind me of that guy Troy from maths that used to brush his teeth really violently in the mirror and he'd be like brushing his tongue. It was just so off-putting. Like I can't even think about the video without feeling I'm going to be sick. But I said the other day, I was like, I don't want to ever see you brush your teeth again. Um, It's it's good that you're doing it, but I don't want to see it. So this is an interesting one. I wear a mouth guard to bed and my boyfriend cleaned it for me one night using his toothbrush. I was so grossed out for him, but he was not phased in the slightest. He said, see, that's how much I love you. Honestly, though, a mouth guard is disgusting. That is actually feral, but yeah, <laughs> that's nice of him, but oh, yuck. Very, yeah, that's love for you. Yeah. Oh, no. At my friend's house party drunk as teens, a friend was looking for a toothbrush before she hooked up with a guy and grabbed what she thought was her mum's. Turns out it was the toothbrush her mum used to deep clean the bathroom, oh. including the shower mould. Oh, my God. How did she find that out, though? <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't know. I guess it must have tasted like pineacline. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know why? Because the friend whose house it was walked in and told her and then she immediately oh. vomited. Oh, Guessing she God. didn't get lucky that night with oh. the guy. Someone <laughs> yeah. said that their ick, I agree with this, is if the toothbrush is laying directly on the sink and the bristles are touching the sink. Oh, yes, yeah. same. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. So she was cleaning the dirty taps with an old toothbrush, forgot what I was doing and started brushing my teeth instead. Oh, my God. <laughs> like just that like a reflex, like you're cleaning the bathroom and then you put it into your mouth. Yeah, just an automatic thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll never forget that interview we did with Dr. Michelle Squire about the bacteria in your bathroom. It's the poo particles. The poo particles on your makeup brushes, but... I have a toilet in my main bathroom yeah. where I brush my teeth and my toothbrush is out on the counter. Yeah. That's probably another thing we need to cover in a different episode, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. I think so. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I should have it, that in a plastic container or something. I agree with that. Oh, well, I don't know because mm. then it won't dry. The bristles won't dry. If you do it in that, it'll be all manky. Yeah, true. You know what I'll do? I'm going to get a new cabinet in my bathroom, like a shaving cabinet. So I'll keep my toothbrush in there and then it's hidden. Oh, okay. Last one. A work colleague once woke up and accidentally used his dog's toothbrush. His dog's toothbrush. (laughs) I didn't even know you had. I don't have. How do you confuse that though? Surely you've got the dog's toothbrush in a separate area. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Before I gag, that's enough. Anyway, thanks so much, guys. You sent in some really good stories. Yeah, you always come through with the good stories, guys. Appreciate it. do. Anyway, that is Toothbrushes. So today we're talking to Wellco's formulator and Elle McPherson's nutritionist, Dr. Simone Laubscher. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Now, we had Elle on the podcast in 2020, and I remember Hannah and I were, I think we got up really early for that. Did we get really early for that interview? Yes, yeah, because she did. was overseas. Yeah. And yeah. I remember Hannah and I were like sweating before talking to her because <laughs> we were so nervous and we were so excited to talk to her. But you've been working with her for years and years, and you're behind you know, the formulation of Wellco. And you actually wrote a 30-day guide to good habits, which we wanted to pick your brain about because we thought habits is, you know, a great thing to learn a little bit more about. So I'm sure a lot of us have a few unhealthy habits. What would you define as a healthy one? 
It's normally for me because you can have different habits, whether it's, you know, in for your health, different habits reacting in relationships if you're triggered, different habits at work, what have you. So for me and when I'm treating a patient, it's always a habit which takes it. So a good habit is one that's taking you towards your goal or it's enriching your relationships or it's making you healthier so you know your why and it's something sewing into your future that you're like, oh, should I have this extra glass of wine tonight or should I, I really fancy getting up early and going for a beach walk and tapping mm. into that why and that feeling, uh, especially with neuroscience techniques. So it's something which is moving you forward. But that said, we do need to be a little bit kind to ourselves if we do stumble. So it's generally going forward. We all stumble but it's really moving towards improving your life, mind, body, you know, holistically, all parts and all facets of your life. Can you share with us some of the best strategies for creating healthy habits? I think for me, and when I'm always treating a patient, it's, it really is to know your why. If you know your why, and you know that feeling, and you tap into that feeling of why you want a certain goal, it makes it much easier when another craving or something else comes along or you feel naturally demotivated and tries to take you off course. But then you need to ingrain that as a new habit loop. So the research shows 66 days. So you need to first of all create the routine and then stick with it so it actually has a long-lasting effect. I'm a bit of a geek. I'm doing another master's at the moment in neuroscience. And I love in neuroscience how it's not enough just to even think it, but you need to, you know, rewire the synapses in the brain and to feel it so that the feeling of, oh my gosh, I want to have the chocolate bar, the feeling of, oh no, I'm tapping into this feeling because I really want to be well and I really want to improve my health. You have to fight fire with fire. So I think if you know your why and tap into the feeling, then it's much easier to create the new habit. And, you know, also number two, definitely create a routine, whatever suits you and set yourself up to win. Don't set this beautiful, big, long list, which is just not realistic. Be realistic, set yourself up to win. Don't create this big, long list that then if you fail or if you step back and you make a few, you know, not so good choices, then you get the whipping stick out. Then all of a sudden you set yourself up for a whole bunch of inner critic going off on a tangent. So I think create a good routine, make it realistic and honor that goal. I'm glad you mentioned that thing about the habits taking three weeks to form and then the 66 days because I learned that three week thing ages ago and that has stuck with me because I usually will get demotivated or sick of something after a while and then I lose interest. (laughs) But knowing that if I just do it for three weeks, it's going to be hardwired in and I can't not do it. So I did that with exercise because I hate exercising. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it for three weeks. I'll see how I go for three weeks. And then Mm. suddenly I was like, oh, now I exercise every week. So it really does make a difference just forcing yourself for those three weeks. And then you start to kind of enjoy it, really. Yeah. You have to kind of think outside the box a little bit of to what's really going to nurture your soul and what's going to bring you joy, which makes it so much easier to stick with the habit. I have a little practical question as well. It just came to me because we want to ask you a little bit about sort of getting stuck, repeating bad habits. The habit loop. 
I, at the moment, I'm trying to cut dairy out and I know why I'm trying to cut dairy out. Like it really stuffs up my stomach. But then like I end up, I went for pizza last night and instead of ordering like a pizza with less cheese on it, like I got the four cheese pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And then my tummy like blows up and I'm like, why am I doing this? So I'd love to know from you, what is that bad habit loop and how can we kind of avoid developing those sorts of habits in the first place? Yeah, so the bad habit loops, there's even from a latest research paper from Duke University, which shows that 40% of our day is run by our habits. So, and a lot of them are subconscious. So when it comes to something like giving up dairy, because you know, Hannah, that it doesn't agree with you and mm-hmm. makes you bloated, yeah. and you know, you love it, but you know, it just doesn't make you feel well. So it's one of those tricky ones. And, you know, everyone likes pizza, but it's something maybe a once a week treat versus a, you know, regular thing. But often with significant habit loops, the body can become addicted to the dopamine cycle and the the elevation and the joy you get from the four cheese pizza you were just talking about. So it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, this pizza is amazing. And then I'm kind of in this place. So you feel euphoria, hey, when you actually eat it. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is delicious. Most of the time, if you tap into that feeling of how unwell you're going to feel, then you can actually help negate that feeling. But the instant gratification, if we literally count to seven, if you just give yourself a moment and then make the choice, then it's like, okay, well, how badly do I really want it? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really worth it, but we have to take a step back and recognize the voice on the habit loop Mm. and unpack, is this really, you know, going to take me closer to my goal or further away? Sometimes it's totally worth having the cheesy pizza. Mm. But other times if you just pause and then in that moment, if you're like, okay, I've waited up and I really fancy the four cheese pizza, then absolutely enjoy it. But don't be thinking, oh, no, I've had the pizza. I'm going to feel sick. Just say, you know what? My body is so clever. It's going to cut through that pizza. I'm going to feel great tomorrow. So it's also what we attach to it. Mm. whether we attach the guilt or if we totally go in all guns are blazing guilt-free and recognize the habit loop it's like you know what self-sabotage okay well I've been on this loop many times it's not really working for me but I think we have to recognize that there is an uncomfortable part of the change in that little moment of the discomfort is where the gold is is where you scale up and you really level up But also, as I said, giving yourself permission not to be perfect and having fun, but in the moment making the choice versus autopilot for whatever reason, which is triggering you into that pizza, for example. So are there any tools that can help with habit making or sticking to habits in the long term? The tools I would say, which I personally use and recommend to all of my clients is to set the routine. So number one, to make sure that you have a great routine which is doable and you can't sit there and go, well, I'm going to just prepare all my lunches the next day and I'm going to do this, this, this. And then you get three days in and you're just absolutely exhausted. You can't do it. So I think that setting yourself up with a routine, which is easy and doable is a number one tool. And I do believe that we need to add in mindfulness. If you wake up, go straight to your phone, straight to the news, you're in this total reaction all day in emergency mode. Cortisol goes up, adrenaline goes up, increased body fat greatly affects our female hormones as well and our mood. 
and male hormones, of course. So we're kind of always fighting fires. But if you don't reach for your phone first thing in the day, I even just say to my clients, 10 minutes. And if you can't honor those 10 minutes, do it in the shower. 99% of us will have a shower before we leave somewhere in the morning if you're going to work or something. So even if you're still in the shower, Mm. five deep breaths, check in with yourself, calm the nervous system down, and then make a choice to live from that place. And every time a trigger or something comes up, breathe, then respond and start to respond to your cravings, respond to the triggers, respond to difficult people in the office or whatever who's pushing your buttons, family members, whatever it is, or your inner critic. And then, of course, the third one is if you stumble, everyone stumbles. The only downside, if you don't start or don't try, you're just doing laps around the same mountain, going nowhere. It's much better you get on the mountain, Mm. you get on your wellness journey and you're like, okay, I've got this mountain to climb or maybe it's a flat road in front of you, doesn't have to be a mountain, but you're on your journey. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Simone. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Product we didn't know we needed, Hannah. You must be running out of products, surely. (laughs) I actually tried a lot of products before I left. Yeah. Okay, and I'm coming home soon, so I'll have a whole heap more hopefully to try. But I actually hosted a Dermalogica, like we have a Door Society, which is our loyalty program, and like mm-hmm. we do masterclasses with the members. I was hosting the Dermalogica one, and I got this little like pack of Dermalogica products, and I love mm-hmm. Dermalogica products. Like I really Same. love all their products. Something that I've started using more is physical exfoliants. Like I have actually started incorporating those into my routine. I actually just find that when you do use a good quality physical exfoliant, nothing with like, you know what I'm talking about, shards of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Shards of walnuts. Yeah. I find that since I've been using a couple of really good quality physical exfoliants, I do find that it does actually make your skin look brighter. Yeah. Would be. For sure. It really does. Like it does actually really work. So I'm going to talk about the daily microfoliant. I'd never used this before. It's like their cult exfoliant and it's pretty easy to use because I, you just mix it with like a little, it comes in like, like a shaker. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting packaging. The really good thing about it is it's made with a rice-based enzyme powder and like I was probably expecting it to be like a little bit more abrasive but it's Mm. really not very fine very very fine so the sort of benefits of this and I really found this was that sort of brighter I, I think the physical exfoliant does really like give you like an instant brightness to the skin obviously smooths uneven skin texture and the thing about this one is it is gentle enough for daily use And actually, I wanted to ask you this. I'm pretty sure I remember that it actually is gentle enough to use around the eye area. Have I mixed that up? I thought I heard that. Um, how close to your eyes? You just don't want to get it in your eyes. I'm sure it'd be fine to use around. You know how you're not meant yeah. to use like harsh, like chemical exfoliants around the eyes? Well, I'm pretty sure this one that you can use, it's gentle enough that you could do like a little manual exfoliation around the eyes. Yeah, I'd say you're probably fine to do that. And the other thing, so just in terms of ingredients, it's not only a physical exfoliant, it also has chemical exfoliation in there, including salicylic acid. It's got a couple of nice other ingredients there to soothe and calm and white tea and licorice, which 
Axis Skin Brightening. So I really liked this one. I think if you're scared of physical exfoliation based on any products you may have used as a teenager, um, give this one a go and it's like super gentle and Mm. you're not going to get like red or inflamed skin from it. Yeah, that's a good option. If you really want a physical exfoliant, I'd say that's a great option. What's yours, Joe? Last week I took my man friend to get his first facial at Grown Alchemist Ooh. in Carlton. Ooh. I did see that out on the gram. You've been with me to Grown mm-hmm. Alchemist. It is, it's literally like you're living in the future. You walk in and yep. there's like purified air. It's like, it's a whole thing. And the rooms kind of look like, you know, when someone's in a movie, they're having a dream about being in hospital. Mm-hmm. But the hospital is just like mirrored walls and stuff and there's, you know, like metal tables and stuff in the room. It's like that. Yeah. It reminds me of a dream, someone being in a dream in a movie. Yeah. Anyway, so it's very luxe, very beautiful. Took him in there to get his first facial. I'm in like a separate room having a body treatment because I wanted to get this. It's called the top to toe. They do like a back scrub. And because I got back me right now, like I'd rather that than my face. So I got a body treatment, which was heaven. Mm -hmm. Definitely recommend that. And it wasn't even that expensive. I think it was like maybe $110, Mm -hmm. like very affordable for a treatment like that for an hour. Anyway, so he goes and has his facial. I come back out. He's already out in the waiting area and he's reciting everything he's learnt in his facial and is like, oh, I just want one of everything. Like is just frothing the whole experience. It was very funny to watch because obviously we get treatments (laughs) quite regularly. So you forget what it's like for people who don't get them all the time. Mm. And I wanted to grab a top up while I was there of the Grown Alchemist hand wash. So the sweet orange cedarwood and sage one is the one I have in my kitchen at the moment. They've got really nice packaging, obviously. It's just the black vessel and it's got the white writing on it. It's very simplistic, nothing over the top, smells beautiful. I find it quite hydrating on my hands because I normally wash my hands quite a few times in the kitchen when I'm doing things. It's 38 bucks, so it's not your most affordable, but it's also not ridiculous compared to some other things that we range. Mm-hmm. But it's a very nice hand wash and I got a top up of that while I was there. But we're going to go through our boyfriend's skincare routines in a couple of weeks, I think. We've got that penciled in for, so <laughs> I look forward to sharing yep. more detail about that because uh, he's got quite a few new things in his routine So and he's raving about it. Oh. So he's got rose hip oil now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we can hear all about that when we go through their routines. But my PWD KWN this week is the Grown Alchemist hand wash. Definitely recommend. I love that. I love their hand wash too. So I second that. Yeah, and their body wash is really nice. I've got that in my bathroom too. So that's a two for one product I didn't know I needed. Anyway, I know we've done product I didn't know I needed, but I actually want to talk about a product that I've, I think I've already done this as a product I didn't know I needed. Laura's Pose Seeker Plus B5, definitely have done that before. I had a huge blind pimple on my cheek last week. It started early last week and I'm like talking of one of those sore, swollen, like looks like I had another cheekbone kind of situation. And I mm-hmm. have never really had any kind of pimples come up on my cheeks. They normally just pop up around my jawline, around my period, but I'd finished my period and I was like, why am I getting this pimple here? Anyway, so I, and I shouldn't have done this, I ended up popping it Mm. because I had used a, I'd used salicylic acid on it. I'd used retinol on it because I spoke to Caroline Hirons the day before and she was like, just Mm -hmm. put retinol on it. I was like, okay, so put retinol on it. And then I think I'd just worn it down enough that it had got a head on it. And I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to have to pop it. So alcohol swabbed it, used my little Q-tips 
to pop it yep. and I got some pus out. Sorry, guys, Ooh. that's really graphic. It was very satisfying. It was like one of the double pops. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very satisfying. <laughs> anyway, so then afterwards, obviously, I've got very fair skin. I will get a lot of post-inflammatory erythema. So normally mm-hmm. if I get a pimple, I will have a little red mark there for quite a while. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do to start fading this? So I started with the retinol and then my skin started peeling around that area. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I just started putting a big dollop of Cicaplast mm-hmm. B5 on top of the little sore where it was really red. And every single day that I've been doing that, I've woken up and it's been even lighter than it was the day before. And now you can barely even you can barely even see that on camera. You can see it a little bit, I'm but it's definitely it faded. You can see it yeah, tiny, tiny. But bit. that was like red the other day. You can still see it's there, but it was bright red the other day. So it's definitely faded quicker than and. I don't think Cicaplast B5 is ever meant to do that. It was just, <laughs> I think it's just helped it heal. Repair. So it, I think along with that, it's fixing the post-inflammatory erythema. So I'm very grateful for that because I thought, oh, this is going to be on my face for like 12 weeks, but we're looking good and we're only a few days post-popping. So <laughs> I don't encourage you to do that at home, everybody. I just got a little bit excited. I'm sorry, but if anyone has a whitehead like I would be popping, I can't leave whiteheads. I have to pop them. I could not leave it. I can't look at myself in the mirror with a white head, sorry. It was staring yeah. at me in the mirror. It was staring at me going, pop me. <laughs> and I'd also just had a shower as well, so my face was like warm and it was just the perfect recipe for a pop. So yeah. that's what we did. But, yeah, don't encourage that at home, everybody. <gasps> no judgment from me. Anyway, that's my story for today. <laughs> okay, all right. No Netflix recommendations this week, Heather? Oh, apparently there's a new show called Partner, something partner. Amy was talking about it this morning in our catch up. It's on Netflix. It's apparently a mix of Younger, The Bold Type, Suits and Emily in Paris. So I think we'd really like Partner Track? Partner Track. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So apparently Ooh. that's been recommended in our inner group at work. So if you've watched it, let us know. Let's add that to the list and we yeah. will discuss. Yes. We can watch that this week and then we'll feed back next week. Let's just see what the rot tomato is, though. Okay. So she's a lawyer. She's got two love interests, apparently, and then she's got two friends at work as well. Oh. It's giving we've... bold type to me. <laughs> so we've got four reviews. Three are rotten. Okay. One is ripe, ripe tomato. Okay. okay. Well, look, it's not going to be a theatrical masterpiece. Okay. It's just a trashy TV show I think we're going to enjoy. Listen to this. Listen to this. Like many of Netflix's recent releases, it is perhaps best enjoyed as background noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're off to a good start. I think we're going to love it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Okay, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.